Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. So when the graduating class, high school class, of 2035 walks across the stage, there is a high probability that there are going to be several Sophias and quite a few Jacksons. And if you're thinking about Jackson the way that, that, that you would normally spell it, the J-A-C-K-S-O-N spelling, understand that nowadays we spell it J-A-X-O-N, J-A-C-S-U-N, J-A-C-S-O-N, and eight bazillion other ways. But at the end of the day, it's Jackson. The word is Jackson. And that's who's going to walk across the stage because these are the most popular baby names in 2017. Now, Pastor Sung and I learned very early on that naming your child is very serious business, and it's a complicated undertaking because for starters, what if, like me, you only have a boy name picked out and the doctor says it's going to be a girl? Anna would not make a very good Noah. And of course, Anna wasn't originally supposed to be Anna either. But Sung and I made a crucial baby naming mistake that I'm going to share with you all so that you all don't make this mistake. We shared her name ahead of time with other people. Should never, ever do that. It took us months and months and months to come up with her name and only seconds for it to be totally, totally destroyed. And do you know who it was that obliterated our first pick? My mother-in-law. God bless her. <laughs> because, see, things get super complicated in families with strong ethnic backgrounds like ours, particularly when for part of the family, English is not the first language. So I'll never forget that day. I was super excited about it. Sung and I had worked on this name. We really, 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 really liked it. And I proudly go and, and tell my mother-in-law the name, and she says, no. 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 And I know you want to know what the name is, but I can't tell you because we have church members with, with this name. But it turns out, it turns out that there is some derivative of this particular name that in Korean roughly equates to prostitution. <laughs> and my mother-in-law, had she not unequivocally said no to begin with, had pretty much tainted the name for us anyway. Now, if you think about your child, at some point it hits you that whatever name you give your child will be the name that will, you will speak over the life of your child, the life of this individual, for as long as you live. It's one of the first things that you ever give them. And if you are somebody who has been unduly burdened by a ridiculous name, you can testify to the importance of having a strong, solid name. A couple of years ago, we were up in New Hampshire. We were standing in line for something, and this mother in front of me yells out, Atreyu, come here. Now, how many of you know where that comes from? Do any of you know? None? I'm looking at this side, because this should be the side that knows this. All right. Atreyu was the main character 
of a cult classic movie called The Never-Ending Story that came out in the 1980s. This is a highly, highly specific and yet ridiculous name to give a child. 20 years after the fact, this mom was so in love with that movie, that's what she named her son, not doing him any favors. And the worst parents, and I'm just going to be judgmental about this, the worst parents are the ones who give their kids ridiculously long names. These are the parents that didn't think through what it was going to be like that first few days of kindergarten when everybody else is writing out A-N-N-A and your child's still figuring out the first 15 letters of their, their name. So by that standard, the worst parents in all of history are the prophet Isaiah and his wife, Abby, Abby, A-B-I, three letters. They name one of their sons Mahershala Hashbaz. It is the longest name in all of scripture. His name is longer than both of his parents' names combined. There should be some kind of rule against this. It's not a family name. We're not honoring grandpa here or passing it down through the generations. These weren't even those types of special parents. You know the special parents, right? They're the ones who are going to give their kids that really special name so that they can be super special and unique in school and then get picked on the rest of their life. It's not even that. Mahershala Hashbaz is a prophetic name. It's a name that was given to him by God. Mahershala Hashbaz's father, Isaiah, was one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. So we're, we're dating ourselves at this point around 8th century B.C., about this point in ancient history, the Israelites are going through that cycle of exile and disobedience and diaspora. They're all spread out all over the place. Faithfulness, unfaithfulness, and invasion. At, at this exact juncture, we're divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. And Isaiah is a southern kingdom prophet. And as God has already demonstrated through the prophets up to this point, he's going to once again Give the people a sign. And when I say sign, I mean an actual, real sign. And the message to the Assyrian, the message to the people in Judah, which is the southern kingdom, is that they are going to fall into the hands of the Assyrians, and it will not be well for God's people. It's already, they've already fallen. The northern kingdom has already fallen to the Assyrians, so now they're just coming to the south. So Isaiah 8 begins, Then the Lord said to me, Take a large tablet and write on it in common characters belonging to Mahershalal Hashbaz and have it attested for me by reliable witnesses, the priest Uriah and Zechariah, the son of Jeberkiah. Now, when I said to you that God is going to send a sign, I quite literally meant a sign. He is sending this large, enormous tablet. You want to think billboard-sized sign, and he wants Isaiah to write on it with common letters. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about block letters here. No fancy handwriting, no crazy little strokes and pictures or anything. No, block letters, just block letters. You want to think of it like that bright red octagon sign that so many people here in Bradenton ignore, but everybody knows what it means. Even little kids that can't read know what it means. This is a sign that God wants to be clear. 
just absolutely clear. And on the sign is written, belonging to Mahershalal Hashbaz. We're not labeling kids' clothes for camp here. The name Mahershalal does not exist prior to this point. There is no person to whom this belongs. Unlike names that we use today, most, most of our names mean one thing, right? They, not, not whole sentences. So I remember when Kareem and Dion were about to have Laith, and I asked Kareem about that. And, and Laith, he has, he has the best name. It means lion. And I, and I love that about him. But it's not a long sentence. Mahershala Hashbaz is actually a full sentence. It's a full sentence. And what it means is he has made haste to the plunder or hurry to the spoils. And so what that would mean to the people of that day is a very clear message that you are about to get invaded. Somebody is coming to attack you. And it makes sense that it's the Assyrians because they've already hit the northern kingdom, so they're just working their way south. So the Lord says to Isaiah, have it attested by reliable witnesses. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week. Sometimes we think, oh, God called me to something. And since I hear it clearly, everybody must hear it clearly. And that's not always the case. So here again, God wants to see these reliable witnesses. The reliable witnesses he picks are Uriah and Zechariah. And this is super interesting because Uriah is a corrupt priest. He's well-liked. The people like him because he lets the people do whatever they want, which is kind of how they got in this mess of turning away from God in the first place. But if he attests to it, the people are going to be like, huh, sounds reasonable. And then there's Zechariah. Zechariah is believed to be the father-in-law of King Ahaz, who's heading up the Assyrian army. So these are not two people that are going to be particularly vested in the idea of supporting Isaiah. They really have nothing to gain by this. But yet, yet they are the ones who witness it. Even they, people who are against the people of Israel, can see the writing on the wall or the tablet or the billboard, as the case may be. So the locals can read the sign, the intellectuals can understand the sign, the witnesses can give reliable testimony to the sign. You would think that given the great clarity of the sign, this would spur the people to action. It does not. It does not. And God, God kind of knows this about us, so he builds in a little bit of time for people to get adjusted to the sign. My favorite sign in all of Bradenton right now, and this is, this is a real sign, it exists, there's actually three of them, it's out over at Robinson Preserve in the expansion, and you go over there and you drive in, and the speed limit is 19 miles an hour. It's 19 miles an hour, because 20 is just going to be too, too much for that. So 19 miles an hour. And, and I love the sign, <clears throat> it sticks out to me, but I realize as I watch people drive through the expansion as though they're at the Indy 500, that it, it takes some time for people to see the sign, read the sign, absorb the sign, make that life change. And God builds in this time. So he builds in about a year and nine months, to be exact, for them to change their ways, to turn back towards God, to humble themselves, but they do none of it. 
So in the meantime, back in verse 3, back with Isaiah, and I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. So that means we got nine months, right? Give or take, nine nine months. Um, Then the Lord said to me, name him Mahershalel Hashbaz. What a coincidence that that crazy word was used verse ahead of time, and now it's used again. For before this child knows how to call my father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away by the king of Assyria. Basically, before little Mahershala Hashbaz can say mama or dada, Assyria will have completely plundered Samaria and the southern kingdom of Judah. Most kids get to those basic words by the first year. So now God has given everybody about a year and nine months to get behind this idea that this invasion is coming. And here's the spoiler alert on this prophecy. It actually happened. Now, all of this is fascinating story slash history of the longest name in the Bible. But what does that mean for us? Well, I would argue that God is still speaking to us, sometimes through us, using signs that, brothers and sisters, we are quite adept at ignoring. Oftentimes, people will come to me and they'll, they'll be like, Pastor Hope, I'm, I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for a sign. And then they'll tell me everything that they've been through in that process. And, I, and I'll say to them, you, you didn't think any of that was a sign? Oh, no, because it's not what they wanted to hear in the first place. So they just keep ignoring it, keep going. Every summer, I see lots of vacation pictures from friends all over the country. And inevitably, some of those photos, and this happens every single summer, um, some of those photos will include adults and kids climbing and sitting on rocks. That's summer, right? You climb and you sit on the rocks. But what makes these pictures so special is that there's usually sitting around a sign that says, please don't climb on rocks, right? And, and yet we do it, and then we post it, and we share it for our friends. Please don't climb on the rocks. We can ignore signs like nobody's business. Or when you go for your annual physical, and the doctor's looking at your lab results, and it says high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high sodium, These are not good signs. You get no prizes for having the highest score on any of these things. You hear this information. You know it's pretty clear, right? But you're going to do absolutely nothing to change your lifestyle because you know you're waiting for a sign. So sometimes that sign comes and it's a heart attack. That's sometimes the kind of sign that we need before we're going to make those life changes. So if you get that kind of information from your doctor and you're like, well, I don't know, reliable witness and all of that business, go get a second opinion. But the numbers are not going to change. To me, the most interesting people are the ones who have a story behind their name, whose parents gave it to them for some reason other than I flipped through the name book and this is what I came up with. There is a story to, to my name. You all are aware that I use my middle name. I am amazed at how many people across the life of our congregation use their middle name as well. Victoria is my first name. That was my mother's choice. And um, if you consider what I said earlier about how many times you speak your child's name over their life, it's probably a choice that influences a lot of, of who I am as a person. I grew up until I was 18 
as Victoria. And Victoria means leader. It's associated with Queen Victoria, royalty I am not. But it's a strong name. And I think Pastor Sung, especially after a week of vacation with me, would argue that I am a pretty strong-willed person. So that's my first name. But my middle name, which is Hope, comes from my paternal grandmother, and that's the one that has the best story. My maternal grandmother was Kanya. She grew up in what was the rural, deep south, very, very, very poor, one of five children. And she wanted out. She wanted to change her life circumstances. She wanted to be able to see the world. She wanted to believe that there was something better than the small town in South Carolina that she grew up in. And so she ended up marrying my grandfather when he came out of the military. My grandfather was a first-generation Italian immigrant, so the whole family spoke Italian. And um, neither one of my grandparents went to college. So they were people that worked with their hands. They worked extremely, extremely hard. When my grandmother found out that my mom was pregnant, she was thrilled because I was going to be the first grandchild. And what she wanted as my middle name was Hope because Hope to her symbolized all that was coming in future generations. So her hope and her dream was not that I would be the first female in my family to go to college, but that I would be the first person in my family to go to college, period. And she saw that as, as a path to the future, it was a very big deal for her. My grandmother passed away when I was six years old, but I think of her every single time somebody makes the comment, you know, Hope is such a great name for a pastor. Your name is part of your story. It's a, it's a word that you're going to hear probably more than anything else in your entire life, and it helps inform and shape who you are and who you're created to become. Now, for as interesting as the name Mahershala Hashbaz is, it's important for us to notice something. And I would encourage you to go back in your Bible this afternoon and take a look at the chapter that comes right before Isaiah 8. Watch this, it's Isaiah 7. It comes right before it, right? And what you're going to notice is that there's another name. There's another name that comes up for the very first time in scripture in chapter 7. And that name is Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. So Isaiah 7 gives us this sign, this prophecy of the one who is to come. Our God does not forsake us or abandon us. And just as sure as Mahershala Hashbah's name and sign rang true for the southern kingdom, the name and sign of Emmanuel are true for us in Jesus Christ. And what I love about this particular scripture, and particularly the way that the names are ordered here, is Christ comes first. Christ comes first. Now that's not to say that there is not going to be tough times ahead of us as there were for the southern kingdom. But Christ comes first. First. And so what that teaches us is that God is with us. God was with us before, God is with us after, God is with us through. So here's your sign for today. It is not likely 
that a week from now, you're going to remember the name Mahershala Hashbaz. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because you'll remember that there was some weird long name, and it was associated with trouble, but it was fleeting. It was gone. It's not going to stick around in your brain and in your memory forever. However, you will not likely forget the name Emmanuel. And so then, may you be reminded that God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray together. Holy God, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us a name and that our names are written in the book of life in the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for the people who speak our names and who give us life for those that encourage us and help shape our story, remind us, remind us that regardless of all the names that come floating through our lives, the one that counts the most is Emmanuel, God with us in all circumstances. In your name we pray, amen.